My name is Vanessa Grayson, and you're listening to The Curious Wire. Welcome, Vanessa. Glad that you joined us today. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. And you, just for those who are listening who want to imagine a geographic location, where are you from? I am in Kansas City, Missouri. And so I'm kind of right in the dead center um, with that team that's going to the Super Bowl this weekend. Okay. So that's your prediction of who's going to win? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay. So for those who know what we're talking about, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're playing in the Super Bowl. Hopefully we this comes out before the Super Bowl. All right. So I there's many people in our industry, multifamily, who get in and kind of spin their wheels. And there are a few, we'll just say like 10%, that grow into a high leadership role. I see you as this person who's on their path there, right? You started with leasing, you're making your way up. You're not quite at that leadership role that you're capable of, but you're on your path there. And so I want to talk about what you have learned in your experience so far. And it's sort of like advice to those above and below. Like how can other people put themselves on a track to be growing as well? And how can those above learn as well about what they could do to help others elevate? So in terms of elevating your career so far, what has helped you? I think um, solid mentor and mentee partnerships has helped quite a bit um, to begin with. So um, of course, that's a, it's a two-way partnership, right? You have to have a mentor that's open to having really these transparent conversations with you, understanding what your goals are and how they can assist you along the way. But as a mentee, you also have to be open-minded to processes and thoughts outside of your own, just really coming to the table with a clear understanding that while you may have this pathway that you've set for yourself, there are other ways to get there. It's not all conventional. It's not a one-size-fits-all type situation. So really just understanding that would be the number one thing. So um, do you have a mentor that you work with? I have a few. I have a few because it goes back to um, not everyone having the same trajectory. And so I have a um, a mentor partnership where she's on the supplier side. Um, I have a mentor partnership that is in an executive leadership role that's helping to give insight there. Um, and I also have a mentor. And how did, how did those like mention, like how did that, how did those happen? So one of them happened through the national apartment association. I was actually paired with one of my mentors after being um, in the NEH 20 in their twenties program. So that was one that was kind of formulated for me. Um, the re- remainder of them happened, you know, by way of networking, um, also joining the Ampere network that Tara um, has init- initiated. And so I was partnered with Marcy, which I I knew Marcy outside of that program. Um, but we have grown quite a bit closer in our mentor-mentee partnership. And then Lori Agudo as well. Um, I was also paired with her there from that program too. So, so it, do you have like a formal, like you meet with them once a week or every other week or? Um, about once a month. is Once um, a month, okay. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of them have turned into literally at this point, whenever I need them, I pick up the phone and and call them, which has been really great. So, um, but once a month is typically pretty standard. 
um, to be able to meet with them and just kind of, you know, share updates and insights, how we're progressing with goals, um, maybe scenarios that we've run across where we need some advice. So those are kind of the basis of our conversations. And so let's say you're working on a project and you'll review that with your mentor, I guess, having that person with more experience to hear and sharpen your thoughts, then when you go back to your internal team and you're presenting, you're coming with a lot more confidence and more prepared. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Just to have the insight from someone who may have been in the position before and has maneuvered it maybe a little bit differently than I did. Um, it's It makes all the world of a difference in how I bring that back to my team. Okay. So, and these mentorships, they've been going on for a period of time or they're more recent? Yeah. So, um, I think with Marcy and Lori, I'm just up under a year with the both of them. Um, with Betsy, we're not as formal anymore. Um, just because it, again, it's turned into one of those things where I can literally pick up the phone and call her whenever. Um, but I was NAA's 20 and their 20s in 2021, I think 20, yeah, 2021. So it's been about three years. Got it. Um, okay. So outside of mentorship, what else has helped you advance your career and, and just become a better version of yourself? Continued education. That's a big one. Um, okay. I don't have post-secondary education. So in industry education has been a really big component of helping me get to where I'm at. Can you elaborate? For sure. So I hold three industry designations, um, one through the NAA and two through the Institute of Real Estate Management. Um, so I have all three of those, which of course um, is a multitude of coursework that you go through and then the test taking process to be able to earn those. But continue ed- education isn't necessarily formal all the time. It can absolutely be conversations that you're having, seminars that you're attending, connections that you're making um, with people that have tenure in this industry and they're able to share their insight with you. So just a a full understanding that education isn't necessarily a workbook and and modules and test taking. It is literally connections that you're forming with other people as well. Okay. So what have been things we've all had bad experiences? (laughs) I'm making a, a, a big generalization, but what is a, a bad experience that you had with a leader, somebody above you? Oh no! Um, and I'm saying this not for like not for the sake of of a, of, of a good juicy story, but for the <laughs> sake of learning. Like I think there's a lot of common things that people in leadership positions do that they don't even realize. And so uh-huh. the, the point is is to learn. So for those that hear this and say, "Hey, oh wow!" Like I didn't realize. Or if you want to start with something positive, let's, what's what's something positive that a leader within your organization has done that has helped you? Um, I think my leader most recently, the current leader that I have is is quite honestly the, the epitome of what I desire to be. Um, just a person that will understand that you're a human first before you're a team member. So there are constant opportunities for him to check in with me like, Hey, before we get started on our one-to-one or, you know, whatever it is that we're getting ready to to discuss, like, how's your day going? And to genuinely care about how my day is going and whether that results in me saying like, oh, it's going really well. And like, we're starting things off on a positive note or, hey, it's, it's not going too well. And I just need an opportunity to vent. It is 
actually just having the opportunity to not immediately dive into this formal interaction where I may not be a hundred percent that day. I may only be able to give, you know, 75%. So I think to jump over to the bad experience, or I would say, well, actually, can I interrupt you for a moment there? Yes, please. So, so I think a lot of people do this where, you know, like after the weekend, everybody on Monday, Oh, how was your weekend? And everybody says, okay, great. Like this. And then you move on. Like it's very, very superficial. It's just banter to fill some space there while you make your coffee or you pass somebody in the office or something like that. And I think that a good way around that is, is like to ask a specific question, like coming into this weekend or after this weekend to say like, Oh, did you watch the Super Bowl? Mm hmm. So then like, if it's a no, then it's like, oh, well, what did you do this weekend? For sure. Um, like there's a lady in her office and like, like I like just randomly, like, and just saying, like, I was like, what book are you reading right now? And she's like, like, I, I just guess I didn't know that she was a book reader, but then like that became a conversation versus if I would have just said, oh, how was your weekend? And good, great. And then you just move on. You don't know anything about a person. Mm-hmm. So in terms of getting specific, I think what you're saying is people do a lot of superficial, oh, how are you? And things like that. And doesn't really mean much and and everybody just kind of moves on it's just like it's like a dialogue we have to get through yeah so we could go on with the meeting so yeah. i think that that's interesting so in terms of people leading and i think that it doesn't even have to be from a leadership position but just a caring and you're currently a community manager or property that's manager right. yeah and that that's a huge role where like you run the ship over there and you meet with you have your assistant manager leasing you have your maintenance like whenever you do meet with them, like not just like, how was your weekend, but like get to know them, get to know specifics. Do they watch the Super Bowl? They achieve fan or they something else, uh, what their interests are. Okay. So that's, I think very valuable for, for leaders to, to understand the importance of don't just ask these superficial questions and move on actually get to know people and care. Like you said, for sure. There's a, there's a level of um, just humanizing the, the relationship. And I think, so many people are scared to do it, um, which is under, understandable to an extent. But I think you'd be surprised at the level of um, increased productivity and just the relationship, the working relationship overall that you'll have when you just humanize the process a little bit instead of it being so robotic. Well, it, yes, to take that further, I, I, I think a huge, huge thing is candor and the ability to be honest with people and upfront. Um, you know, I've had people that I've worked with where it's very difficult for there to be candor. Um, and you know, my boss now, like he, we have a great relationship where we can be very candid. And, you know, recently I had a challenging thing that I was dealing with and I just like wouldn't normally share this with, with a boss, but like in case I had to leave work or be out because of it, you know, I shared with it and, um, and, it felt normal to share that, you know, whether it was very, even if it was a very personal matter. And, um, and, and the same goes with, with work. Like if he gives me feedback, he could be very candid with me and like, I don't have to take it personally and be like insulted about it. And I don't need a, you know, pat on the back every time I do something good. But, um, but I know that when there is constructive feedback, it's not to criticize. It's, it's just to help me understand and get better. Right. So I think the ability to be candid is, is I think a lot of people are scared of that, like you were saying. And, uh, it's, it's a tricky thing to build, but when you can, that that's gold. Yeah. When it, when it's genuine, I think when you get to level, when it's, um, given and received with the, 
just a high level of being genuine through the process. Um, it's kind of like you said, it makes the more challenging conversations 10 times easier to have. Um, and then it makes the lighthearted conversations just feel real and more authentic. And like, there's just an increased level of care there. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but Radical Kinder, like the, she talks about like how to be able to have people be candid with you is mm-hmm. to make it safe for people to be candid with you. Uh, right. You could be candid with them, make it safe for them to be candid with you. So like, it starts by like, Hey, can you, you know, what's something that I'm doing that's bothering you that can, so I imagine that people are probably pretty candid with you because you seem to be a pretty real person that it's not, uh, something you like, you're not putting on a show for anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's my hope, right? Is that I'm building this environment where my team feels comfortable, my residents feel comfortable um, sharing things with me. Not necessarily that they wouldn't ever share, um, but that they feel comfortable in the event that they want to. Um, I could have, you know. <laughs> I'm guessing you have some residents that have overshared. We're not going to ask you what they said. But. <laughs> um, d- listen, it's their home. If I need to be the therapist for the day, like that's just the hat that I'm wearing for the day and, and we'll deal with it. Um, I may not have the best resolution or the best response, but if you can leave my office and feel like you got it off your chest and you're going to go have a great rest of the day, I'm fine with that. That's enough for me. Okay. So what, what's, what are examples that you think of things that would help other, you know, leaders help people in your position to grow and to become future leaders? You, you know, I don't, whether you want to give a bad example or not a good example um, or a good example, but what, what are other ways for, for people to, to help others elevate their careers? Yeah, I would really challenge those already in like executive leadership positions to understand what the goals are um, of people that you see potential in, but to also understand the goals of the people that may not be in the spotlight and you may not see all the potential in the world for them in that moment, but to just give them the opportunity. So it's as easy as having a conversation and people that are in the spotlight they're in the spotlight for a reason. They may be that extrovert. They may have all the accolades, but I'm really big right now on who are we missing? And it could be the people that are just a little bit nervous to raise their hand. So you taking the opportunity in the position that you're in to have those conversations and understand like, Hey, like, where is it that you want to go? Where do you see yourself? What resources do you feel like you're missing? Like, please, please, please have those conversations. Um, because it took one person to ask me and I've been like on a rocket ship ever since it took one person to say like, I really see something in you. Here's where I see that you're struggling. Like, how can I help you? What can I do for you? And I feel like we're missing a lot of that. I feel like sometimes people get put in executive leadership roles or higher up positions and we forget that it's the people around us that make us successful. And I think there's just a lot of opportunity for us to go back to the basics and ensure that we're doing everything we can to grow those around us. Um, Can you share the story that happened? For sure. Um, So I had a leader who was um, in the beginning of my career, I kind of like flew under the radar for a couple of different reasons. I didn't quite understand where I was going in this industry or what opportunities were available to me. Um, I was producing, 
I don't, I don't, you know, numbers don't lie, obviously, but I think there's a lot more to it than that. I didn't realize how many opportunities and avenues that I could take in this industry. So um, at what point I felt comfortable enough to raise my hand and the response that I got back was less than helpful. Um, Actually, it was like a hard set no. Um, So essentially I asked the question, like what opportunities are available to me if I keep going down this pathway of being successful to where my leader responded that that's not a pathway that I'm going to want to take um, because it's not sustainable. It wasn't achievable for me. They'd rather keep me right where I was at. I think that'll, that'll take me down a whole nother thing of keeping people complacent. Um, you should want someone to take your job <laughs> um, and be cross-trained. Um, but they absolutely wanted to keep me right where I was because I was producing for them and that was a benefit for them. Um, and no one else around me was trained to be able to do what I was doing in that moment. So why, you know, selfishly, why would they move me anywhere else? Um, so I had an opportunity to, um, get recognized as the Institute of Real Estate Management's 30 under 30s. And I asked my superior at the time to write the letter of recommendation for me. And he said, I'll write it, but you're not going to get it. Um, so we had the same, we had essentially the same. Is it the same person or a different person? It's the same person. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. um, you know, it, the I was like, you know what? I understand how you feel, but until you can show me otherwise as to a reason why I don't deserve it, like I would really just appreciate you writing the letter. Um, so the letter was written, um, all very factual based on the statistics that I was bringing to the company and with the assets that I was running. Um, and I received the recognition. Um, I received the recognition and turned in my letter of resignation 30 days later. So um, it just, for me, I was able to achieve something and I saw that I could do it not necessarily just on my own, but I very quickly recognized I had a leader that didn't believe in my potential and what opportunities I had to grow. And it was just, I could not stay complacent in that, in that space. Um, so it's really just, I hate to share the negative experience, but it came with so much, so much growth and understanding and clarity for me that like I do have a lot of potential in this and there are opportunities for me to keep moving forward. It's not always going to be for the best benefit of someone else, but that's, that's a problem. Therein lies a problem with that specific leader. If you're not willing to grow your people um, and you're so dead set on keeping them in the same place all the time, like there's no growth for you. There's no growth for the company. There's no growth happening anywhere whatsoever. Yeah. And, and I think that I am sorry that you went through that, but I think that that story actually can be beneficial for others to, to learn from. And, and hopefully we, we, we change. I think that, you know, you could learn a lot from bad leaders too, and you don't necessarily want to learn that from them, but, um, but yeah, we've all had experiences, I think with, with a bad leader. And, and as we grow, we, we make sure not to do what they did. Um, you know, I think that there's two ways that a person could have an impact. It's, it's, they could have the positive impact or they could be the negative motivation. Um, so that person didn't motivate you and that's, you know, the end result is good, but it wasn't (laughs) the best process. But, um, but yeah, I think that the more, I mean, I think real leadership is, is to be a real leader, you got to be focused on growth as well. And so, one growth in your in yourself and and when you're growth oriented you want to see other people grow 
And people who don't want to see people grow are not growth minded themselves. Correct. I I feel that 100%. The the nice thing about it is I've been both types of leaders. So I've actually learned a lot from myself on what it means to like empower people to grow in, you know, within their self. Um, But I've also learned the negative effects of holding people back um, because I've been in both spaces and I'm, I'm very accountable for how I started very early on in my career. And I say it all the time. And I've been able to connect with a few people that I was a leader for very early on. And I owe a few people an apology because I did not have proper examples set for me. And at the time I wasn't as open-minded to learning from those specific situations. Um, but the, the thing is, is that I did have great, some great leaders along the way that helped me grow into who I am. Um, and so the same way that I can say I learned things from my bad leaders or my poor leaders that I don't take with me, someone's able to say that about me too. And I take full accountability for it. Um, and I've issued apologies or I can issue apologies. But at the end of the day, like I've grown tremendously from that, that time period. So as much as it's horrifying to say that someone learned something from me, I'm glad they learned something and I promise I'm not the same anymore. Okay, good. I, I, yeah. Um, so as we, we wrap up, what would be your two cents that you, your advice to others that either are not quite in your position or in your position in terms of wanting to grow and get better? Um, please, please, please put yourself in spaces that are uncomfortable. I think that's where I've absolutely grown the most to ask the questions that no one else is asking to make the connections that people are scared to reach out and make. Um, the worst that can happen is, um, you know, maybe there's not time allocated for it, but you can go listen to a podcast that that person did. Um, maybe you can't attend the event, but you can get the slide deck from the event. Just never stop looking for opportunities and avenues to grow. Um, like I said earlier, it could be, you know, one-on-one connections with people, it's seminars, it's books, it's podcasts, it is formal education sometimes, but you have to step outside of the box that's kind of painted for us already. Um, and just be open-minded to the discussions and the perceptions and the realities of, of people around you. Um, each person has an, their own individual experience and if you're constantly stuck in a in a realm of thinking that your way is the only way possible, I, I promise you're missing out on so much, so much. Well, I look forward to having you back when you take that next step and you are in that next leadership role. Um, hopefully soon. Hopefully sooner than later. <laughs>